everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It's Wednesday. It's April 20th. It is 2022. We have 10 MLB games that we're going to talk about here on today's slate. FanDuel doing the 640 lock and adding those three games. DraftKings doing a seven-game main slate with a three-game turbo slate for those three games. But we figured since it's only a seven-game slate, we'll break down um, all 10 games. That way, if you are playing on FanDuel, uh, you can have our thoughts. So today I'm joined by my buddy, Keith Eister, Eyes819. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Oh, you know, just sitting here waiting on Philly to score some runs in Coors Field for once. But I don't know that it's going to happen tonight, so. Maybe tomorrow or this afternoon, I guess now. <laughs> so, like, I approached that game very interesting. Like, I stacked it once and then faded it twice, like full fade. So, I mean, my two teams that I faded it on are actually doing pretty well. And if that di- game did go off, I mean, it my stack on that game is sitting with Archer and, and Burns. So, um, Archer off to a pretty solid start. So, I mean, I'm good either way at this point. Um I have a lot of props on prize picks and underdog that need that game to kind of score some runs and get some bases. But I mean, overall it's, it's always interesting. It is always interesting. Yeah. Uh, run scoring just seems to be down in general early in the season. Um, even more so like it, it's usually a little bit slower to pick up in April and whatnot, but this, this year it seems pretty bad. Not, not a ton of offense out there yet. But it's like 70 degrees in, in cores. Like, Right. That's not like scorching hot, but that's a that's good temperature for that ballpark. Um, I, I think a lot of it, I mean, I think we're really starting to see like a shortened spring training. You know, yeah, I think that, that, that is, definitely had an effect. You know, we're, we're seeing that a little bit. Home runs are way down and say what you want. But I mean, reps are important and game reps, you know, like you can practice and feel like your swing is good but like you need the game reps um and you know that's kind of what spring training is you know you see guys play you know two or three at bats in spring training games and then they're usually taken out but they need those game reps so i mean i think we're seeing that a little bit to start the season but these guys are pros we're gonna see some runs here um soon enough but all right, let's talk about these early 640 games. So if you're playing on Fandle, like I said, this is on the main slate over there. So we're going to focus more on Fandle pricing for these three games for sure. Uh, we got Angels at Houston taking on the Astros. This game currently at eight and a half. Um, and the Angels are a 135 favorite. Sorry, I couldn't. Couldn't pull it up fast enough. We got uh, Otani going up against Oda Rizzi. Any interest here in Otani? I think the prices are right. And he obviously was very good against these Astros uh, his first time out. I mean, not typically a team that, that I like to pick on, but we've seen Otani have success against them before. He is the, let's see, sixth highest price pitcher on the slate. So he's probably a little bit underpriced and that matchup is factored in obviously. So he's not my favorite pitcher on the, on the slate, but I think he's in play for tournaments for sure uh, at this price tag. They let Burns come back out and he just gave up a home run to Van Meter. <laughs> oh no. Um, he got a strikeout before that. So, I mean, fantasy point wise, it's not bad, but uh, as far as Otani is concerned, I mean, on a site like FanDuel where quality start 
and win kind of play a factor, you know, strikeouts are important. Don't get me wrong, but you know, he had nine strikeouts against this team earlier this season, allowed four hits and one earned run and put up 38, which is not a bad score on FanDuel. But when you're paying 9,100, you, you kind of want to get 45 plus, I think, um, especially on a one pitcher site. You really want to kind of nail that down. So I'm always worried when it comes to Otani as far as getting that quality start and that win just because he does tend to like rack up the pitch count pretty quick. Um, ceiling wise. Yeah, sure, man. This guy has the ceiling. Um, Houston is a different lineup this year. You know, I've talked about it a lot already on the podcast this year. It's not your typical Correa. Um, Altuve was out of the lineup today. I don't know if he'll be back in the lineup. He's dealing with like a hamstring injury. That's usually not like a one day thing. And, you know, Springer's gone. So, I mean, this is a different Houston team. Strikeouts are still minimum, but it's a different lineup um, than we've seen over the last couple of years. So uh, the other side, Oda Rizzi, you know, Mike Trout dealing with a hand injury, got hit by a pitch on the hand the other day. Um, We can't play Otani. Um, Do you have any interest here in Oda Rizzi? No, I just, there's not enough upside here. Um, Not a big strikeout guy. I know it's a a watered down angels lineup, but still, I, I don't think I'll be going to Oda Rizzi. Yeah, I don't see myself ending up on Odorizzi in this spot. I think there's – I just think there's too many good pitchers, especially on a one-pitcher side like FanDuel, to play Odorizzi. I know he's 6,600, but I just don't see any upside. Um, Angels, Bats, anybody here that you like for Los Angeles? With Trout out of there, you can't play Otani because he's pitching. Um, Rendon has been battling some injuries as well. He's been sick. It wasn't it, – I don't, I don't think it was injury. Okay, yeah, I, I knew he was out of the lineup there a couple of days, but did he play last night? I can't remember. Yeah, now. he was. I think in the he lineup. was back there. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, Public just good. <laughs> the Angels are just not a team I, I like to stack, especially if Trout's not going to be in there. Um, and when when Otani's pitching, it makes it even more difficult. So, uh, not going to be one of my favorites here. Odorizzi is a pitcher I wouldn't mind attacking, but. Just not loving this this angel stack. I mean, I could see one offing like a Jared Walsh, but he's kind of he's thirty one, he's thirty four hundred. You can play two first basemen on Fanduel, so I don't mean I don't mind him as like a one off. Um, Brandon Marsh, if he's in the lineup, which he should be because it's a righty, he's twenty eight hundred. He's shown a little bit of pop here um, to start the season, so I don't mind some of these guys. Odorizzi just has been awful against lefties, high fly ball rate, high hard hit rate, so. I think one-offs on Walsh or Marsh uh, would be kind of – because, like, Tyler Wade's a lefty, but he just doesn't have a lot of power. So he's not typically someone that I would want to one-off, you know, on most slates, especially on, like, a 10-gamer that you're going to have on FanDuel. Um, On the Houston side, I don't mind maybe targeting some power bats here. You know, an Alvarez – a Kyle Tucker type play. Like, I don't think I'm stacking against Otani, but Otani does get wild, which definitely leads to some pitches down the middle. Um, any interest here on the Houston bets? Uh, it'd be or- just Alvarez and Tucker for me, pretty much. Um, you could, you could do Bregman if you wanted to like do a three man, um, but I'm, I'm primarily interested in the lefties like you. 
Yeah, I just want the I want the power lefties. If Otani is going to miss, it's going to probably be more against the lefties than anything else. And it's not like Bregman's discounted either. So, yep. all right, we got the Yankees at Detroit, seven and a half total in this game. Yankees a one seventy five favorite. We got Severino against Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, any interest here in Luis Severino? Yeah, um, pitch count is, would be the main concern, but he did get up to 83 pitches. This is obviously a great matchup here against Detroit. Plenty of strikeouts in that Detroit lineup. Um, Severino has looked pretty good. Uh, I think he, he should be good to go 85, 90 pitches in this one. Uh, great matchup, high, high uh, strikeout upside. Uh, I like him. Yeah, I mean, this is like – if this guy was on DraftKings and like on the main slate on DraftKings, this is someone that we're like seriously looking at. I think and considering on FanDuel, I mean, I think he's still in play on FanDuel. It's kind of that same conversation that we had with Otani. The strikeout ceiling is there in this matchup. Is is he going to get enough pitches to get that quality start and win? Um, I think if you can get the strikeouts and get the win, the quality start doesn't matter as much. But I mean, with the offenses kind of being down to start the season i've really like prioritized my pitching um more than it more than i mean i prioritize it pretty high anyway but more than usual to start the season so uh, i like severino 32 percent k rate guy against a team that strikes out a lot um he has to be on the list if you're playing over there on fanduel today um and then eduardo rodriguez I think there's going to be too many righties in this lineup. They got Donaldson, LeMahieu, Stanton, Judge. Hicks should bat leadoff um, if they catch Higgs. Um, I just think there's too many righties for me to have interest in Eduardo. Yeah, I agree with you. And he's he's off to a little bit of a rough start this season, too. Um, hasn't pitched deep in the games. Has given up a couple of home runs. Um, strikeouts haven't been crazy. So, yeah, really tough matchup. Uh, I don't think I'd go to Eduardo here. Let's talk bats. I mean, if you're playing on FanDuel, I think the Yankees stack is definitely in play today. They're not overly expensive. Stanton's the highest priced guy at 3,600. So, I mean, you could stack Stanton, Judge. If you're stacking the Yankees, I love Rizzo to kind of get different. Lefty, lefty. Eduardo is a guy that gives up a lot of hard contact to lefties, and Rizzo's a guy that can hit lefties hard. So, I like that lefty, lefty. And then Donaldson Hicks. I mean, the Yankees are actually kind of cheap for a matchup here against the lefty. Yeah, I don't mind the pricing. Um, I am interested in what the weather looks like in Detroit, uh, if it's going to be cold or what. It, I, I'm not sure of the hitting conditions, I guess. So that, that would be the only thing that would get me off of the Yankees here. Uh, but, yeah, the great price. I don't mind the matchup against Eduardo at all. Um, and obviously a lineup just full of power. Yeah, I always like to check the weather like middle of the day, especially after kind of like looking at what Kevin Roth has to say, because I mean, looking at the weather the night before, it, it just changes so much that it's tough. Yep. Um, I have no interest in the Detroit hitters. I could see maybe like an Austin Meadows as like a one-off, but I mean, with as good as the Yankees bullpen is in general, I don't typically like to target these Yankees just in general. Yeah, um, Severino is a really strong starter. Great bullpen behind him, so I agree. I don't, I don't see. I mean, it's not a phenomenal hitters park. Uh, not, not a lot to like here on the Detroit side. 
All right, we finished these 640 games with St. Louis at Miami. No total in this game whatsoever. Um, so we could potentially see different pitchers than we're going to talk about. That's usually what happens with no total games. So right now we have Miles Mikolas going up against Sandy Alcantara. Uh, let's start here with Miles Mikolas. I mean, this dude, if the Marlins could go out and get this guy, this guy is like built for this ballpark. Um, you know, ground ball guy that gives up hard contacts. You know, this is a good ballpark for him. It's just one pitcher side like Fandle, he's 8,800. Love the matchup, love the ballpark, hate the price tag, and I don't think I can do it even though he just dominated the Brewers. Yeah, I, I don't want to play Michaelis at, at 8,800. Um, th- th- that 9K range just above him is absolutely loaded. We just talked about Otani. Uh, and Severino, the guy on the other side of this game, I would rather play over him. Uh, and there's a couple more uh, further down the slate as well. So just too loaded of a pitching slate to have any interest here. And I don't think this Marlins lineup is as bad as it's been in the past either. There's a few, you know, not like superstars, but enough like good hitters in this lineup now where this lineup's a little bit better just in general. So I don't know if Miles Mikolas on a one-pitcher site has a ton of upside. If you're playing that like turbo slate, on DraftKings, I think both of these pitchers are interesting pivots off of Otani and Severino, or if you want to like pair one of them. So, um, Alcantara on the other side of this game, he's facing a very right-handed heavy Cardinals lineup, and this guy is elite against right-handed hitters. Two seventy-nine WOBA, one twenty-two ISO, twenty-seven percent K rate, fifteen percent or fifty fifty-five percent ground ball rate. Um, sorry, I'm over here tilting Chris Archer walking in a run. Um, and, and like his hard to soft contact ratio, 7%. It's just Alcantara is someone that is just really good against righties and potential to face probably six, seven right-handed hitters here. Like I'm, I'm super interested. If he was on the drafting slate, he'd probably be someone that I'd be looking at here. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Um, I think he has a good chance to pitch really deep into this game. He probably doesn't have as much strikeout upside as Severino or Otani, uh, but I think he's more likely to go seven innings than, than either of those two guys. Um, St. Louis doesn't strike out a ton, and Alcantara doesn't have a huge K rate anyway, but um, a good spot for him to pitch into the sixth or seventh inning, I think. Uh, any bats on either side of this game? I got no interest in bats in this game, just in general. Yeah, Marlins Park is one of the best pitchers parks in baseball. So a uh, couple of good pitchers on the mound, big slate. I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm probably out on bats both sides. I will say this: if this game comes in at like seven and a half, I like the under. I think this is going to be a pretty low scoring game. So if this comes in at like seven and a half, I like the under for this game just in general. So I like that call. All right, moving on to the main slate on DraftKings and keeping it rolling on the main slate on FanDuel. We got Arizona at Washington, eight and a half total in this game. The Nationals a 130 favorite. We got Kelly and Fetty. Uh, any interest here in Merrill Kelly? 8K is just too much to ask for this guy. Um, he, he does have six and seven strikeouts in his first two starts, and it's not like he was facing bad offenses. That was against... Houston and San Diego. I, I don't think I'm buying that quite yet, though. He's never been a big Kate guy. Um, and that 8K, I just – Washington isn't a, a terribly scary team. I think they're a, a decent offense, but they're not a ton of Ks. Uh, 
just the price tag a little bit too high for me. Yeah, I mean, I think he's playable. Uh, I think he's playable. I, I really do. Um, he's not my favorite in this range. Um, there's a couple guys that I like more than him that are a little bit cheaper and a little bit more expensive. Um, but I do think he's someone that's – I think he's playable today because I don't think we have, like – I mean, we have Carlos Redon, and we'll talk about him when we get to him, and he's probably the the stud on this slate. But I don't think outside of that, I think it's kind of up in the air on who you want to attack on the slate. So I, I think he's someone that is okay. And like, I, I, he's off to a pretty solid start. He has two good outings to start the season. So, I mean, I don't hate it. I wish he was a little bit cheaper, but – we have some cheap bats on the slate. It always seems like mispricing to start the year. Um, and this is one of those spots that there's a little bit of mispricing. So um, the other side of this game, we got Eric Fetty. He's 8,300. Now you want to talk about a guy that's probably too expensive. Um, <laughs> Eric Fetty <laughs> is not someone that I want to pay 8,300 for. He's someone that pitched really well last time out against Pittsburgh. But I mean, I think I could pitch good against Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of the same conversation as Kelly, but maybe a little bit worse because he's slightly more expensive and his K rate is slightly down. Um, and Arizona doesn't quite strike out as much as as Washington does. So, not not a difficult matchup, but not a great matchup for K's. A uh, little bit overpriced. There's there's plenty of pitching here. I don't think we need to go here. Yeah, I'm with you. I just. I mean, I don't think I want to stack this team because this team's not great. Um, this lineup is okay. It's not great. I, I do think, like, we could look at some bats here. Eric Fetty last year was kind of reverse splits. He generated a lot of ground balls against lefties. Um, gave up hard contact to, to really both sides of the plate, but he uses a sinker. So anytime you got a guy that throws sinker, you know, at least 40% of the time, you have to look at the numbers against singers. Um and someone I was looking at this before the podcast, David Peralta is terrible against sinkers. So um, that's someone that I'd kind of rule out in this spot. But Christian Walker, 58 batted balls, 458 Woba, 275 ISO, and a 49% hard hit rate against sinkers. So I think Christian Walker or like a Varsho, both of those guys are interesting one-offs in this spot. I don't think I want to stack Arizona because Marte and Peralta are like guys you want in your stacks and they really have struggled against sinkers. Nice. Uh, yeah. Christian Walker is really cheap. I like that call trying to find a cheap home run. Um, that one makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I agree with you though. I'm not terribly interested in the full stack. Uh, so probably just would be hunting home runs against Betty. Yeah. I think those are going to be, those would be the two guys bar show. And Walker. I mean, Seth Beer is still pretty cheap, but if I'm wanting to play Walker, I don't think I get Seth Beer in there. Uh, both first basemen's. I, DraftKings got to fix that. I mean, we need we need to be able to play with this new DH thing. We need to be able to play a utility. I guess I don't know. I almost I, I love the catcher position because I do think it's something that should stick. But I almost wish we'd see them like open up the cap to like maybe like fifty three or fifty four thousand and add a utility but probably not going to happen anytime soon so the other thing they could do is just give them first base outfield to uh, any of the dhs yeah uh, yeah I, even if they never play in the outfield just give them that eligibility just to make it possible to play them together 
Yeah, Vandal kind of did that with their NBA playoffs late. They gave a lot of centers power forward eligibility, which is weird because you definitely want to play yeah. as many centers as possible. Um, any Washington bats that stand out to you here? Uh, I like the power here. Um, Soto, you can play in any matchup. Nelson Cruz, I think, is the guy who lines up pretty well against Kelly. Uh, he gives up power to both sides of the plate. Um, 5,000, but Nelly Cruz has some of the best power in baseball. I like him a good amount. Probably not looking to stack against Kelly. He's got pretty good command. Um, so the power bats would be Soto and Cruz first. I don't mind Ruiz at catcher, but, man, his price tag's up now. So it's tough to pay, play him at that price. I think if you're you're stacking, you're going like a three-man with Soto, Cruz, Bell, something along those lines, um, more than anything else. You know, those are the guys with the hard hit rates against righties. And, yeah, those are the three power bats. So, like, even if you're not stacking, those are probably the three guys that you're looking at here uh, from this team, kind of what you were talking about. So, All right, Toronto at Boston, nine-and-a-half total in this game. The Blue Jays a 140 favorites. We have Barrios going against Pavetta. Any interest here in Jose Barrios? Boy, I do not know what to do with this price tag. Uh, he is really cheap on DraftKings. I didn't see what his price was over there on FanDuel, but uh, uh, let me check real quick. 800 on FanDuel. I'm probably out on FanDuel for sure. Tough matchup here against Boston. But this DraftKings price tag is pretty enticing. Barrios has been pretty bad his first two starts of the season. Um and I think he's generally a bit overrated, especially for DFS purposes. Like he's not a huge strikeout guy, but I mean, that, that's all priced in here. This, the matchup and like the strikeouts, um, 7,300. This is a really talented down here at 7,300. So I probably have some interest. Yeah. I want to see what his ownership looks like, because if he is going to get ownership at 7,300, I'm probably out. Um, I, I mean, that's where kind of like, Kelly comes into play as maybe like a pivot off Barrios if he gets a lot of ownership or something along those lines. Because, I mean, name recognition-wise, he's definitely the biggest name in this price range today. So with his struggles against lefties, Devers, Verdugo, really the only two lefties, like Barrios sets up well here because he's going to get a lot of righties in this lineup. And, you know, that's what Barrios wants is a lot of righties. So, I mean, they could... They could platoon like Shaw and Bradley in there and throw a couple more lefties in there. But I want to see the lineup and I want to see the ownership on Barrios. If they go very right-handed heavy, he's very much in play. Um, but I want to see his ownership because it might be just a slate that I pay up in pitching just to be different if he's going to be chalky. Um, Nick Pavetta on the other side of this game. Pavetta is a good strikeout guy. Toronto is not a high strikeout team and they have a ton of power. And that's kind of what you worry about with Pavetta especially with this game in Fenway. A lot of fly balls, a lot of hard contact. I said it all last year. I'm going to say it all this year. Nick Pavetta was a terrible pickup for the Red Sox. He's a fly ball guy that gives up home runs in Fenway. Um, just not a good not a good mix, and he's 8,900. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be on the Blue Jays' bats for sure, so I, I, I don't have any interest in Pavetta. 8,900 is way too big of a price to play, pay in this matchup. I think they're the top stack on the slate. Um, and that pains me as a Red Sox fan, but I put my money before, um, you know, hopefully the Red Sox can score 10 runs too. So, but I mean, just looking at this slate in general, I think the Blue Jays set up, 
you know, fly ball pitcher that gives up hard contact. They have a ton of power in this lineup. They're not cheap by any means, um, but they do have a couple of cheap pieces that make the stack come together. Chapman's 4,200. That's a good price tag uh, from him. If Tapia is in the lineup and he gets a good lineup spot, he's 3,500. So, I mean, we want to see if Biggio's in the lineup. He's super cheap and you can use him at second base. He's off to a slow start, but Nick Pavetta can give him up to the anybody. Um, Zach Collins is a lefty that could be cheap. So a lot of options here to pair with, I mean, your your Vlad, your your Springer, your Bichette um, type plays. Yeah, I, I love the Blue Jays here. Uh, I mean, just a ton of right-handed power, which plays really, really well in Fenway Park. Uh, facing a fly ball pitcher. So, I, I mean, you covered all the guys. I, I love the Blue Jays in this spot. Collins at 2,800 um, is particularly interesting to, to help make that stack work. What, did you say a cheap catcher? I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I mean, catcher doesn't matter. Everybody paid up for JT Ramuto. How's that working out for you? He's going to home run now. Whole, totally happy. <laughs> Um, I mean, the Boston side of this game, I think Boston's interesting here too. Just an overall, like we were talking about Barrios just in general, he struggles massively against lefties. He does have good stuff against righties. Um, Devers Verdugo. I think they're very interesting in this spot, but I kind of just want to, like I said, I want to see his ownership. If, if Barrios is going to be high owned and the Red Sox are going to be low owned, I'll stack the Red Sox side of this game too. Yeah. I mean, Barrios struggled quite a bit in his first two starts. So there's certainly a case to be made that he doesn't have it figured out, or maybe he's dealing with a, an injury of some, some sort that he's trying to pitch through. Um, I, I have no problem attacking the Red Sox pretty much in any matchup. Uh, um, like I said, I think Barrios is generally overrated, but because of his price, it was the only reason I have interest in this tough matchup. But I, I like the Red Sox bats um, even more than I like Barrios. So I'm, I'm totally down with that. Love Devers, especially um, up at the top. All right, we got the Giants and the Mets. Most books have this at six and a half. Some books have it at seven, but six and a half. It's a pick 'em game. Uh, Rodone against Bassett on prize picks. Almost every day, prize picks does um, first inning like score or something like that, I think is what it's called. Um, first inning runs allowed. Just go ahead and lock in the under on this one. Um, this is two really good pitchers facing off against each other. And I'd be shocked if we get struggles here. But um, looking at Carlos Radon first, he's 10-2. I think he's the best pitcher on the slate. And what's crazy is I think Bassett's probably the second best pitcher on the slate. So, um, I mean, this Mets team, solid lineup. But are they going to leave McNeil, Dom Smith, Nimmo? Like, are they going to leave these lefties in there? Um, I know they got, like, Kana on the bench, so maybe they get him in there. But I just don't see how they can take out all these lefties. Yeah, and Rodon is in really good form. Uh, he's been showing the same massive strikeout stuff that, that he had last year uh, before he kind of seemed like he had some arm fatigue, was dealing with some injuries down the stretch and lost a little bit of velocity. But he is – he is back in full force this season um, and has looked awesome. So I, I agree. He's the top pitcher on the slate. Bassett on the other side, not too far behind. Yeah, you know, velocity is always something that you kind of want to pay attention to. He's, he hovered right around 95 in his average in those first two games. That's what we want to um, see on 
him and just in general. Um, he's a guy that you want to see. I mean, I guess he was a little bit higher. It looks like he was at 97 on fan graphs um, on average. So we saw him finish up the year last year in the 95, 96 range. So, I mean, we're seeing that velocity to start the year from um, him in this spot. So, I mean, already a 46% K rate to start the year. It's just, he's the best pitcher on the slate. I don't want to, I don't want to overthink this. I love both these pitchers. It's a great ballpark too. Um, That's, City Field just is it still called City Field? It's always going to be City Field for me, but um, it's one of those ballparks, right? Like in your head, it's always going to be that name, um, for sure. You know, the other side of this game, we got Chris Bassett, and and Chris Bassett, uh, another guy that's a really good pitcher, and there's a ton of strikeouts in this Giants lineup. Good, good lineup overall, not great, but good lineup overall. Um, but a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. So, I mean, Bassett, I, I don't mind double barreling these guys today. I do think that you could potentially get a little bit of upside going like a Logan Gilbert maybe over Bassett, but I think ceiling-wise, Radone Bassett could combine for 60-plus. Yeah, I mean, originally looking at 9,600, it's like that might be a little bit too pricey, but you go back and look at what this guy's done over the last like year and a half. Um, he's been just outstanding. Took major steps forward his last year in Oakland and has looked really good to start the year here for the Mets. So um, I believe in the talent. I like this matchup against the giants. You touched on um, the, the strikeout rate of the giants. That looks good. Great ballpark to pitch in a lot of stuff to love here for, with uh, Chris Bassett. Yeah. I know we get in like uh, the mode where like some of these teams for years just haven't like sh- struck out a lot. And like we Pittsburgh was one of those teams they're like one of the highest strikeout rate teams to start the season. So, I mean, the giants against right-handed pitching to start the year, and I know it's not a lot, um, but I mean, they're even kind of high. So I don't want to get like locked into just looking at like years past. And I don't, I don't want to like get locked into looking at a small sample size, but I don't, I want to kind of find that happy medium. And I mean, just looking at this lineup, depending on who they roll out there, you know, Bell is someone that strikes out a lot, even though he's a good hitter. Um, so, I mean, they they potentially have five, six guys with strikeout rates over 25% um, since the start of last season against right handed pitching. So, I love the double barrel here. I'm definitely going to be looking at uh, playing both of these guys' bats um, in this game. I really have nothing because, Keith, like, there's no discount whatsoever on these guys. Lindor, Marte, Alonzo, Crawford, Belt, uh, Escobar, they're all over 5K in this matchup. Like, uh, nothing. I got nothing in this one. I want nothing to do with the hitters in this game. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the one guy, if I was going to take a shot for a home run, would be Pete Alonzo. But like you said, he's, he's fully priced up there at 5,400. Um, but don't mind Alonzo as a one-off. I'm definitely not stacking either, either of these teams. I mean, you're you're probably getting Pete Alonzo at less than five percent ownership. So yeah, you know that is that is kind of appealing. Um, but I, I mean, that's really the only thing that's kind of appealing about it is just <laughs> um, just that in general. So, all right, moving on here, we got Tampa at Chicago. This is one of I think this is the only game that has some potential weather. Uh, no total in this game, like normal uh, night before. We got. Rasmussen against Stroman. Any interest here in Rasmussen? Uh, I don't think so. It's 7,100 here. Um, just 
not a not a long enough leash to pay that price tag off, in my opinion. Uh, not scared of the Cubs really as a matchup, but Rasmussen hasn't really shown the strikeout stuff, and he's been in that sixty-five pitch range. Maybe he gets up to seventy-five here, but I still don't think that that that's enough really to pay off a seventy-one hundred dollar price tag on this on a bigger slate. Yeah, I just I worry about the just the pitch count in general. Um, like you kind of just talked about, like he wasn't pitching great in that White Sox game, but I mean, I think they could have let him go one more. Um, but when I'm just looking at this in general, I'm just looking at a dude that's 7,100. If the weather is like really favorable for pitchers, maybe, maybe that's when I take a shot on him, but I don't expect the weather to be like very favorable for pitchers anyway. So, um, I mean, Marcus Stroman on the other side of this game, the Rays are just a solid team. They're such a tough team to take pitchers against because they got guys that walk. Yeah, they have some strikeouts in this lineup. Don't get me wrong. But I if I if the weather is good, I'm more likely to play Stroman than Rasmussen. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I have slight interest in, in Stroman here. Never going to be a big K guy, but I think he can limit this Rays lineup. They're, they do swing and miss quite a bit, so maybe he picks up an extra K or two along the way if he can last six innings. He has not been over 80 pitches. Uh, that is worth noting. But he, one of those starts was in Coors, so I think he is fully stretched out. He's good to go into the 90-95 range if he needs to. Um, so I think getting six six innings out of him and like five or six Ks is in the range of outcomes. I'm, I'm in for that at 7,600. Yeah, I think he just was getting beat up a little bit last game. I'm not too concerned about like his pitch count, like you said. If he's pitching well, I think they let him go a little bit longer here. So want to watch the weather, want to see what we're looking at weather-wise. And that, I mean, that kind of goes for the bats too. I mean, the problem with Stroman is he is just a massive ground ball guy. And outside of like Brandon Lau and Mike Zanino, a lot of the Tampa hitters are ground ball hitters. So they really need fly ball pitchers to kind of get that like optimal spot. So, I mean, I don't have a ton of interest in Tampa unless the weather is like very favorable for hitters. Um, because like even Brandon Lau, he's 5,600. That's such a tough price tag um, to just pay for a guy. I mean, choice cheap at 4,100. Maybe I take some shots on him if he's in the lineup because he's another guy that, it's kind of like a line line drive hitter. So, I mean, I don't mind taking a shot on him. Or even if Phillips is in there, is he cheap? Yeah, so Phillips is cheap. He's 2,800. Brett Phillips is probably one of my favorite plays here. He's a big fly ball hitter going up against a ground ball pitcher, and he's 2,800. Yeah, I definitely need to see some weather here. Um, I'm sure it's going to be cold. Um, de- definitely depends which direction the wind is blowing anytime you're in Wrigley. So we'll definitely need to check that out. But I, I don't like to stack against Stroman. Good control guy. Keeps the ball on the ground. Um, I definitely wouldn't stack against him. Maybe try to find a, a home run. I like the the Phillips call. I Preferably a cheap home run would, would be ideal. I don't know that I want to pay 5600 for Lau in the spot. Uh, as far as the Cubs go, I mean, Suzuki, you're a Cubs fan, man. This guy has been like a breath of fresh air for you guys. Um just absolutely tearing the cover off the ball to start the season. He's he's finally priced like it, though. Um, I mean, yep. the guy that I think is just continuing to be too cheap is Ian Happ. He's batting leadoff for this team. He's 3,900. 
Uh, he makes for a solid play. And, like, I guess he, they kind of move him around, right? Like, does he hits leadoff sometimes. They he do. hits, like, uh, fourth sometimes. But he's going to be at the top half of the lineup. So, I like Ian Happ at 3,900. Anything else standing out to you for the Cubbies? I I love the, the Hap call. I probably won't be stacking here. Um, good raised bullpen, just not a team that I love to stack against in general. Uh, they wouldn't be afraid to give Rasmussen the, the quick hook if he was struggling at all. So not looking to stack. I like the half call. Other than that, not much. All right. Cruising along here. We got Minnesota at Kansas City, eight and a half total in this game. And the Twins, uh, 140 favorite. We got Chris Paddock going up against um, Daniel Lynch. Any interest here in Chris Paddock? Another guy who is probably too cheap for his skill level, but he has looked really bad for the better part of a year now. So I think I need to see it out of him um, before I can play him. I I like the the matchup here with Kansas City. You talk, you talked about um, Pittsburgh being like a team with a, a reputation for low K's. Kansas City is that too, and with Bobby Witt hitting at the top of that lineup, there's a couple of other high K guys in the middle of the lineup. I don't mind the matchup of Kansas City, but I just I'm waiting for Paddock to figure it out. I think he's got some skills, but he's just got to tweak something mechanically or figure something out. But um, I'm probably out until I see it for a couple of starts. Yeah, I mean, he ran really bad Babbitt in that first game. Um, like, his Babbitt was like 375. He had like a, a 2.3 FIP compared to like a 6.7 um, ERA. X velocity is still a little high. Um, got a little lucky with left on base in that game as well, which is kind of concerning. But I'll say this. This dude's cheap, um, and we don't have a lot of cheap options on this slate. So I have some interest. Um, you know, we we Paddock is someone that is um, – okay, so the concern for me on Chris Paddock, especially right now, is like that first start, his fastball was averaging like 92. This is a dude that throws like 95, 96. Um, that little bit of difference is huge, and I don't think people understand just how much of a difference that is. Like – hitting a 97 mile an hour fastball is so incredibly elite compared to hitting like a 92 mile an hour fastball. Um, so little concern about that, but he was throwing a lot of pitches. He was throwing his changeup. He was throwing his curveball. Um, he was throwing his cutter a lot. So, I mean, in that aspect of things, I think Paddock's super interesting in this spot just because his price and the strikeouts are there. Like this is a team that strikes out a ton. Like I played Chris Archer against them. Uh, you know, on Tuesday, and I think he had like five or six strikeouts. He had one bad inning, and it just happened to be the last inning he pitched. So um, I'll take shots here on on Paddock at this price tag. I just think he's he's too cheap. I laid out the concerns. Um, I'm a three entry max guy for baseball. I'll probably have him on one of my three teams that I want to stack. Maybe like the Blue Jays and need the need the money. Um, Daniel Lynch on the other side of this game. I mean, Minnesota is a team that we're really going to have to see what this lineup looks like because Daniel Lynch, as bad as he is against righties, is very good against lefties. Um, uses like a fastball slider combo, lefty lefty. That's really hard to hit. If they go with this like super left-handed lineup, like 
I'll take shots on him. Just get around Polanco and Correa, really, um, if Buxton's still not in the lineup. So I want to see what this lineup looks like on Lynch because I don't think Lynch is a great pitcher, but I do think at 5,500, if he gets a left-handed heavy lineup here, we could see him get some strikeouts. Um, you just, like I said, you have to kind of avoid those big, big bats. Yeah, I would rather play Paddock than Lynch. I think um, I'm just Minnesota has a lot of right-handed power. Uh, I, Buxton it does matter like a lot. Uh, if he is able to crack this lineup, I, I probably won't play Lynch at all. If Buxton is out of there and it's a little bit of a watered down lineup, maybe with an extra lefty or two in there, I could see maybe taking a few shots, but uh, I think I would rather play Paddock ahead of him. Um, I have some interest in the Minnesota bats. Yeah. I mean, Buxton was someone that on Friday, they said about a week. So there's a good chance that he's not back for this game. Um, The fact that they haven't put him on the 10 day IL suggests that like, he's still pretty probably really questionable. Um, I, like I said, on uh, just kind of look at this lineup because if Gordon and Kepler and Larnich is in there and uh, like if they go with this left-handed heavy lineup and I mean, Garlic is someone they could put in there and he'll probably crack a lineup spot for um, like Larnich or something. But just look, if it's a left-handed heavy lineup, I mean, don't be afraid to take some shots here on Lynch. Um, Minnesota Bats, I mean – with that all said, I like Polanco. I like Correa. If Garlic is in there, I like him. If Buxton is for some reason back in the lineup here, ton of interest in him. Gary Sanchez, $2,800 catcher. We know the power that Sanchez has. Um, so even though that if this left lineup is left-handed heavy, you know, I can still hedge it with some bats here on a different team because they do have some power, like you said. Yeah, I like them, and they're cheap too. Um, Correa, well, Buxton is is the one that I want for sure. First, if he's in there, I'll happily pay six K for him in this matchup. Love Correa as well at forty nine hundred, but after after those two, um, the pricing falls off pretty quickly. Polanco is fairly priced at four K, but then Gary Sanchez at twenty eight hundred, Miguel Sano at twenty six hundred. I I'd love hunting cheap power bats. Both of those guys can hit a home run for sure. Um, Urshela is still 2200 near minimum price, so I, I like this twin stack quite a bit. Uh, Kansas City bats in this game. Um, I mean, you can always pay up for Perez at catcher if you want to try to attack the ceiling. I think he just hit his second home run of the night, um, on Tuesday as we're recording. I mean, outside of him, though, I mean. Wit, he, he seems like he's going to be a big strikeout power guy, big fly ball guy, so you can definitely target him for some power upside. Um, I don't think I'm stacking Kansas City here, but I, I think I'm looking at, like, power one-offs or, or even, like, a two- or three-man stack um, at best. Yeah. Um, Bobby Wood, I'm just going to keep playing until he figures it out. I, I believe in the talent. Uh, as long as that price stays down there and the like, t- he's 2700 today. Um, I will have plenty of him. Don't mind Dozier as a power bat and and Sal Perez. I think those three would be my favorites. Uh, I, I'm with you, though. I, I probably won't full stack it. All right, Texas at Seattle, eight total in this game. Uh, the Mariners, a 150 favorites. We got Dane Dunning going against Logan Gilbert. Uh, any interest here in Dane Dunning? Um. Not really, just not a not a ton of upside. 
Um, 6,600, it's, it's probably a fair price. I think I'd rather go down and save the 700, go down to paddock, but um, I, I don't know if, if, if that fit perfectly into a lineup or something, I, I wouldn't be afraid of playing him here against Seattle, but just don't love the upside. And, and I like paddock a little bit cheaper. Yeah. I mean, the bottom half of the Seattle lineup is bad. Like we saw John Gray, I think, what do you have? Six or seven strikeouts against this team on Tuesday. Um, so, I mean, I don't think Dunning is the, the worst play on this slate. If you're looking like, if we're going to see a lot of ownership on like Barrios, I could go down to Dunning and take a shot on tournaments. It's a good ballpark. This lineup, the bottom half of this lineup is terrible. Um, you know, the top of the half, you know, you're not going to get a lot of strikeouts with France and Frazier, uh, even like Winker. So like your upside is getting through those guys without damage and striking out the bottom half of the order, the, the two, maybe three times that you're going to get them probably more two than three. So, I mean, I think he's in play at 6,600 as a pivot off of Barrios if Barrios is chalk. Um, and then, I mean, Logan Gilbert on the other side of this game, ton of interest. Um, we don't have a, a ton of studs pitching on this slate. Gilbert's a 26% K rate guy. He's just a guy that gives up power. Another one of those things, right? Like the top half of this order, power. Bottom half of this order, terrible. Um, so, I mean, it's basically the same thing for both of these pitchers. If they can get through the top half of these lineups, the, the upside is there. Yeah, I definitely think he has upside in, in this spot. Um, he's definitely third, though, behind uh, Rodon and Bassett for me. Yeah. Um, but after, after that, it falls off quickly. So he, he's the guy um, definitely going to be in play for tournaments. I think he comes in pretty significantly lower owned than, than Rodon and Bassett. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm in. I'm in. It's, I mean, it's just more of an ownership thing. He'll, he's probably going to be a third of the ownership of those other two guys. But I like those other two guys more. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, the Texas bats, I mean, Seager is kind of pricey. Simeon, I think is okay. And it just kind of falls off a cliff really after those two guys. I mean, Garver is okay, but I mean, there's so many cheap catchers that if I'm paying $4,200 for a catcher, I'm going all the way up to one of the studs. Um, I mean, Simeon Seager, I think are okay, but that's really it for me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think Gilbert is a talented pitcher. Um, there's not much of a discount here. Seager's fine at, at 5K and Simeon. Um, Garver, I think, is in play at 4,200. Outside of that, there's there's just not a lot to like. Uh, Dane Dunning, you know, you want to kind of target him with hard-hitting power bats. So I think Winker is okay. Um you know, Winker is not someone that we typically were like, oh, this is a power dude. Um, and we knew his numbers were going to go down this year going from Cincinnati to Seattle. Um, but I, he's probably the only guy that I have some interest. He's just 4,800. Like, the more I think about this, the more I actually like Dane Dunning, um, which is kind of weird. But I really just think Dane Dunning needs to get to, like, Winker and, and like, France Frazier, like, the, the low walk uh, or low strikeout guys. Yeah, with with Haniger out, this this lineup is a little bit watered down. Um, I, I don't mind Crawford. Uh, other than that, it, it's Winker, Ty France. Maybe you could take a shot on, but like you said, you prefer a lefty against Dunning. Um, We're missing uh, yeah, a lefty. I, We're missing I, somebody. I, they must be really cheap. Kelnick. Is he yeah. good enough? Uh, he's thirty three hundred. I don't mind him. 
Yeah, I just feel like we're missing a lefty. We're missing someone. I don't – maybe this lineup really is just not that good. <laughs> I mean, I'm not paying a 4800 for Adam Frazier. I know that. I know. I just feel like <laughs> Seattle's uh, missing somebody. Um, and, like, I know Hanniger's out. Don't get me wrong. Um, Kyle Lewis is a righty. I don't know. This lineup's bad. <laughs> I'm convinced. <laughs> uh, I'm convinced. I'm going to play some Dane Dunning today. I just – I do value plays, so on HQ, you're probably going to see Dane Dunning tagged today because this lineup's kind of trash, not going to lie. All right, we got Baltimore at Oakland where we finish it out here. Eight total in this game. Um, Oakland is a 135 favorite. We got Lyles against Jeffries. Any interest here in Jordan Lyles? No, just not not a fun guy to roster ever. Struggles with control, not a huge K guy. I mean – Oakland is a team I think we'll, we'll be targeting all year long, but Jordan Lyles is not the one I want to do it with. I'm the I'm the doofus over here that keeps playing Oakland bats. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, these Baltimore pitchers are just so bad, and it's yeah. like, oh, these these Oakland bats are just so cheap. Um, not working out for the second straight day, but you can bet it. I'm going to do it again um, on Wednesday. Here we go. Because I'm not playing Lyles. Lyles is not a like. Lyles had like one good year, two good years. Um, he just he's not that great. He just doesn't have that strikeout pitch. And like in today's baseball, if you don't have that strikeout pitch, baseball hitters have just gotten so much better over the years that you're just gonna you're probably gonna struggle. So uh Jeffrey's another guy, he's low strikeout guy from what we've seen. He does he does a good job of limiting damage and getting ground balls, but even against this Baltimore team. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe you could play Jeffries in this ballpark. Um, maybe he's not the worst play. Like, do we think he gets 75 plus pitches here? I think is the biggest question. Yeah, I, I think he could get up into the 75 range, but like it's the strikeouts for me. I know Baltimore is going to strike out a ton this year, probably over like 26% of the team, but Jeffries just doesn't have the stuff. I don't think to get it done. Um, so yeah, it's it's a great matchup, but uh, I I don't know. I'm just I'm out on Jeffries. I don't I don't believe in the stuff. I don't I don't think he's really ever going to be a guy that, that generates swings and misses. So I have to like I have to stop playing Charlie Blackman. I'm gonna I'm just gonna go on a Charlie Blackman rant really quick. But this is two nights in a row. This dude has sacrificed Bunted um, early in the game. Like, all right, I might have to stop playing Charlie Blackman. Like that's just so weird to me. Anyway, why, why would you ever be sacrificed bunning in Coors Field? First of all, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk Baltimore bats. Um, I mean, I don't know if I full stack them, but I could see using like two or three of them because they are so cheap facing an okay at best pitcher, low strikeout pitcher. So. I mean, I could see using a couple of these guys like Santander Mullins. Um, Mullins is so expensive, but like Santander is 3,300. He's cheap enough that like if you're playing Mullins too, it kind of averages out to be pretty cheap. Yeah, I, I could get behind a three man here. Um, Mancini, man, that's a guy that's pretty easy to root for. And you really hope he gets his season turned around. Um, just no home runs yet for him. But he's he's a guy that's shown big power in the past. So twenty nine hundred, I, I would chase Mancini. Uh, Austin Hayes is another one, one that I wouldn't mind throwing into the guys you mentioned. 
Mancini too. Like when you're when you're thinking about Mancini, you're like, all right, this is a dude that strikes out a lot. So maybe this is a spot um, with a low strikeout pitcher. It's just you again when you have a guy that throws sinkers fifty percent of the time against righties, you have to look at sinker numbers. And I mean, Mancini is not a great sinker hitter. Mountcastle is not a great sinker hitter, but Santander and Mullins is. So I mean. Maybe I had two minute. I I probably would three minute just because Mancini is so cheap. Like Mancini is so cheap that I, that's probably why I end up three man stacking this if I stack this team. So, um, I mean Oakland. Here I go again. Like <laughs> I'm. I, I mean, I'm gonna do it again. I'll, I'll tell you right now that there'll be like a secondary stack because Jordan Lyles is not good. He struggles against lefties. McKinney, Kemp, um, Seth Brown, these guys are just so cheap across the industry that they're going to be hitting in the top half of the order. I just – I'm going to do it again. I mean, it's Jordan Lyles and they're cheap. Yep, I can't blame you. That that last sentence right there is is enough to sell me. Um, facing Jordan Lyles, they're, they're all cheap. I mean, is this a spot too where like Steven Vogt gets to catch and he's like 2,900 and like you could – you could use him because Murphy needs a day off or something like, you know, it's just so many potential possibilities of what we're looking at here on these cheap Oakland bats. So uh, we didn't mention him, but I want to say like if DJ, Oh no, he got us, he got sent for assignment. Darn. I was going to say if DJ Stewart's in the line, if he's 26 and that's a power guy that you could potentially play, Uh, but he gone, he back in the minors. All right. Morning grind game. And then we're going to get out of here. Um, under 8,000 on DraftKings. We're going to use the DraftKings site like we always do. Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you like? Uh, I went back and forth on two guys here. I think one definitely has more upside, um, but I'm going to go a little bit safer route. Give me Stroman. I think he's just a little bit too cheap. The Rays strike out quite a bit, quite a bit. So I'll go with Stroman. I'm going to go Dane Dunning. Um, I just, I mean, I like. I like the potential here against the bottom half of that Seattle lineup. The top half is worrisome. Don't get me wrong, but I like, I think he could rack up the strikeouts against the bottom half of this lineup. Uh, Which is, oh, I was looking at who's just a little bit more risky, but I mean, he has a decent chance to get, get six Ks, even if he gets blown up. All right. Um, over 8,000 to score under 15. Who's your bus pitcher today? Uh, we talked about how well Toronto lines up against Pavetta. I think uh, Mr. Pavetta has given up a couple of home runs here today. This is the most ridiculous price ever. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand that price one bit. Um, I will yeah. say that. I just That price makes absolutely no sense to me. I'm with you on him. Um, I will say for the fun of the game, I will say Eric Fetty at 8,300 is someone that I probably won't end up playing today. So I hope he goes under 15. Over 4K to hit a home run. Who do you like to go yard today? Uh, give me Vlad. Yeah, love it. Um, <laughs> love it. <laughs> Just absolutely love this spot. I'm right there with you. Um, I wanted – I really want to go, like, Schwindel from the Chicago Cubs, but, like, I don't know the weather yet. So, I'm going to go kind of cheap for my home run today. I'm actually going to go against Pavetta as well. I'm going to go Matt Chapman. Um, for the Blue Jays, I like his chances to go yard today. Uh, under 4,000 to get two hits, who do you like? 
uh, just kind of waiting for this guy to, to wake up and start playing up to his potential. Give me Bobby Witt. I like it. Um, I like the overall potential there. So didn't we say Christian Walker was under? Yeah, he was. I believe he was like 31. I'm going to go him. He batting batted ball profile wise. He profiles really well in this spot. Um, does not have two hits in a game yet this season. So here you go. Um, first one tonight. Give me a stack to score six or more runs. I'm going to go Minnesota. I like the way that their right-handed power sets up against Daniel Lynch. Uh, I think they hit a couple of home runs here. I mean, I could go Toronto because I do think <laughs> they're the top stack on the slate. But what's the fun in that when I can go Oakland <laughs> as the cheap stack of the day and hopefully against Jordan Lyles, we can put some hits together against him because he's going to get some walks in there. So uh, timely hits, I think they could potentially score six runs here. Uh, any bets standing out to you here night before him? There wasn't really anything I saw that stood out. Um I don't mind the over in the Minnesota KC game. I'm just not sure Paddock is quite right. And I, I just talked about Minnesota and how much I like them. So over eight and a half runs. I like that. Um, I actually don't think it's crazy to go Rangers plus 130. I think that game is coin flip game. I really do. Um yeah, I do think Gilbert's the better pitcher. Don't get me wrong, but I think both of these lineups kind of stink. So I do think like Gilbert probably goes six innings, maybe seven innings. Um, they've kind of been very at 85 pitches with him to start the year. Um, I think that's kind of a coin flip game. And I think value wise, a sugar house, you can get it at plus 135. Um, so I, I just think that. I don't know if I do like a full unit bet on that game, but I do think like that's a, a solid, solid value. Cause I do think it's kind of a pick em game. Um, so I like the over in the Red Sox game too. I think it was at nine and a half. Um, I, that game was two to one on Tuesday. So maybe that line drops a little bit, but yeah, I, I like the over in that game. I think we're going to see some runs. Uh, where do you, you think oh, Rodon's, where do you think Rodon strikeouts open up? Eight and a half. Yeah, I'd be over that. Yeah, I don't – you don't typically see them do nine. Uh, eight and a half, like Burns was eight and a half against Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. So, I, I think it comes in at eight and a half. I'd probably take the over on eight and a half too. Um, I'm more interested to see if Bassett comes in at like six and a half because um, I, I do potentially like that as well. I also, I mean, I keep talking to myself like on Dane Dunning. Like, I want to see where his strikeout prop is. He can get some strikeouts against this lineup. So, if we get one of those weird like three and a half, four and a half lines, um, I'll definitely be looking at that. So, uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, no thought. I don't have anything. All right. That's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. We'll be back Thursday talking more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.